0: Listening to the daily roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We got episode five of The Bachelor to go over. We got our answers, I guess, in regards to how they were going to handle two hours with only one date. Boy, did we ever get our answer! Uh, We've got some information, or not even information, just some other stuff to talk about in Bachelor World with the. Women Tell All happening this Friday in L.A. Going to talk a little bit of American Idol kicked off this past Sunday. I've got a uh, story on there that I saw that I was like, huh, that's interesting. And we've got a major, two major shows in syndication coming to an end shortly. And we'll get to those momentarily.
1: each day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences the more you use indeed the better it gets join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use indeed to hire great talent fast And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: As you know, this podcast is brought to you by, what is it? HelloFresh. You love HelloFresh, don't you? I hope you guys have been using this code because that is a hell of a deal. That I'm able to get you skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to hellofresh.com slash realitysteve65 and use code realitysteve65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com realitysteve65 and use code realitysteve65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, let's get started in regards to last night's episode. Some thoughts on the episode. I mean, get all your Zoom, FaceTime jokes ready to go because that's what everyone is going to remember this episode by. We'll get to the end of the episode, but, you know, I tweeted it out last night. If I'm Zach, I'm more bothered and annoyed by the actual Zoom part of the Rose Ceremony than the actual Rose Ceremony itself. Hey, can you hear me? Can you see me? Are you muted? (laughs) We've all been on Zoom meetings, especially once the pandemic started. Those are the worst. We know that some people got caught masturbating on Zoom meetings, not thinking their camera was on. Speaking about you, Jeffrey Tubin, that lose their job at political networks because of it. So, you know, I mean, this is, they had to do what they had to do. I get it. But watching it play out last night was honestly one of the funniest things I've ever seen on this show. I noticed that Jesse is still running promos to apply for The Bachelor. Well, The Bachelor doesn't film till September. And they ran a Bachelor commercial last night, which means they probably already have all their men set for The Bachelorette. I know a few already. Obviously going to hold on to them until we get closer to casting time. But they ran a commercial. Jesse says, how long has it been since you've been wowed by somebody? That was their catchphrase on the commercial last night. You know, apply to be on The Bachelor. Well, it looks like we're getting another season of The Bachelor or else they probably wouldn't be promoting it. Now, the question does become, does it stay on ABC? Is this thing moving to streaming? We just don't know. But considering they're adding a show, With that senior bachelor, it doesn't look like this franchise is going anywhere, despite what some people in the franchise want you to believe and the narrative out there from random sites that want to just put clickbait on to get you to click. So, hey, those people don't understand how ratings work. They don't understand what this show does, the money that it brings in, how cheap it is to make this show. That's the other thing. It's not like because the ratings are the lowest they've been, ever in the show's history, which has been something you could say for literally the last 10 seasons that have aired. While they were airing, you could say this is the lowest the ratings have ever been. Yeah. And then the next season, it's going to be lower than that one. And then the next season is going to be lower than the two previous. It's been on this downward trend for years now, and the show hasn't gotten canceled. You know why? Because it's very cheap to make. You're not paying any actors, your actresses, you're paying your lead, and that's it. And all the pl- locations that you go to, everything is done on trade. You get a two-hour window to advertise your city. That's what they're doing. And in return, they're housing a whole cast and crew of 150 to 200 people. And you get a two-hour commercial for your city slash country. And that's how it's worked. So Gabby got the first one-on-one. And she got to do, I guess, what you call the pretty woman date. It was more centered around London and the Royals and all that. They got to go in place where Meghan Markle bought perfume or something. And they got to sniff a bunch of... I've always, you know, I've been to the perfume section to purchase for others in my life. And that whole perfume thing, it's just when you smell so many in a row, like, oh, let me, let me try this. What's that? Isse Miyako? Isn't that one? I know I bought that for somebody one time. I might be pronouncing it wrong. But when you go and check out new scents and you smell five or six in a row and you spray it on that little tab, after a while, to me, they, they all end up smelling the same. And I'm like, well, wait, which one is oh, this one? Oh, I did, wait, i got to smell this one again. Wait, the one I did, a, it gets way too confusing. You almost have to already just know what they like and just buy it smelling a bunch of different tabs never works. Kylie said something interesting, which goes along with, I swear we hear this three or four times a season, especially during The Bachelor from women on this show. Kylie said, and because what happened was Gabby got to do a bunch of shopping, got a bunch of stuff, gets to come back to the room, obviously because producers want her to show everybody the great date that she just had, which she knew was going to set some of the other women off. They were going to be mad and they were going to be jealous that Gabby got to do this. And, oh, my gosh, what a date. I would love to have that date. Well, of course you would. Anybody would have loved to have that date. But Gabby comes back to the group and Kylie's like, I don't remember the last time a man bought me a meal, let alone shoes, because she got a pair of Jimmy Choo shoes. It's like, what standards are some of these women setting for themselves? We got someone saying they were in and out of a relationship for six years and the guy was a total jerk and treated her like crap. And then Kylie says she's never been bought a meal by a man. So either she's totally exaggerating for camera time or she has such a low bar when it comes to men. You're telling me, and look, I understand that they are also over 20 years younger than me. And I don't know how, Ki- how old Kylie is off the top of my head, but I'm guessing somewhere between, you know, 24 and 27. A man has never bought her a meal. Really? She's never been on a date where a guy paid for dinner? Is that even possible? And if it is, who are you going out with? I'm sorry, but if you have a guy and you're, whatever age she's at, 24, 25, 26, 27, you know what, let me pull it up on my phone so I don't get it wrong. Kylie's age is, real quick, uh, Kylie, Kylie, 25, 26. She's one of the ones I didn't have the exact age on. It's 25 or 26. If you have not been paid, if a meal has never been paid for you by a guy that you went on on a date with, I'm sorry, your picker is way off. At 26 years old, a guy should have bought you a meal by now. Or, like I said, she's just exaggerating. But the thing is, we hear this all the time from women on this show. I just, I can't believe how many of them go out with guys that are total dirtbags. And I'm not talking about the ones like last week with Brooklyn and someone who was physically and emotionally abusive. I'm not talking about that. I'm not blaming her for that at all. I'm talking about sometimes these women make comments like, oh my gosh, a guy has never done that for me. It's like, really? He never bought you flowers? Really? He never took you somewhere nice? Really? He never bought you a meal? Like, I get so confused because there's a part of me that thinks, wow, maybe these women really are going out with the wrong guys. Or maybe they're just saying that to garner sympathy from the audience. I don't know. I can't tell you about all their past lives and how all their past dates have actually gone. I just have to go with what they say on TV, but that was a shocking statement to hear Kylie say that a man has never bought her a meal, please. i, I 26 years old. I find that hard to believe, but Hey, uh, the interesting thing about Gabby coming back also to the room and the whole thing with Greer and Greer was upset because she got to see Gabby get such a great date gets to bring all the gifts back this was something that i told you the day the cast list came out that i found out about that greer and gabby went to the same college and we're in the same sorority we haven't seen it brought up on the show i was told that they everyone in the house knows that greer and gabby knew each other from being at the university of mississippi and i forget the name of the sorority but it'd be nice to show that on the show that these two knew each other you know they weren't BFFs. What I was told, Gabby was not her older sister in the sorority, but they ran in the they were in the same sorority only a year apart. So clearly they spent time together, and it's never once been mentioned on the show this season. I just think that why not? Why not let us know this? And I don't think that has anything to do with why Greer left. Maybe it is. Maybe she feels a little competitive with her sorority sister doing better so far this season, even though Greer got the first impression rose. Gabby is somebody that clearly Zach has taken a liking to, and she got one of the better dates of the season, but Greer really lost it when Gabby got all this time. So sucks for her. And even Gabby on the night portion of her date with Zach talking about how, yeah, my last relationship, uh, he made me feel not very confident in myself You make me feel beautiful. So yet again, another guy who can't even be nice to her or compliment Gabby. It's like, what's the bar these women are setting at for men? I've, I've paid on every first date I've even gone on. Even when I knew five minutes in, I wasn't even interested in them. I'm still paying. I asked them to go. I'm paying. Like, it's never an issue. Don't even bother reaching for your purse and giving me the fake reach. You don't even have to do that. And I'm not insulted if you... Don't even reach for your purse. Trust me, I'm fine. Holy crap, who are these people dating? Everyone's got a sob story about every single ex was trash. ever meets somebody on this show that says, you know what, I had a great relationship. My ex was outstanding. Loved the guy to death. We're still BFFs to this day. Just didn't think we were long-term for each other. I, I, I'd i love to hear that from somebody on this show because we never do, ever. Then Zach and Gabby, after he gives her the rose, they get to dance, and UB40 is playing, yet they don't play red, red wine. Are you kidding me? UB40 on this show, and we don't get red, red wine? That is sacrilegious. Somebody should be fired over that. Anyway, she gets the rose, and then all hell breaks loose. And when I say all hell breaks loose, the group date comes, he sends a card saying he is feeling under the weather, but he wants the women to get out and go explore London. They do. They go see Big Ben. They go, or did they go see Big Ben? I don't even remember. Uh, Once Zach wasn't on the date, I was like, okay, they're just going to bars and drinking and taking a double-decker bus around town. And I was thinking about this, because we were talking about this before the episode, was like, what are they going to do? They have one date to show. Well... We got our answer. They still had a group date. It just wasn't with Zach. They literally sent these women out on a group date. We saw exactly what they did on the group date. Then they bring these women back to the hotel. They get dressed up for a possible night portion of the date, even though producers knew that Zach wasn't going to show up at the night portion. They still had these women dress up. Another card is delivered. It says, sorry, women, I won't be able to join you tonight. Still feeling under the weather. Bye. And so they, the women had to sit there and be upset and cry that he couldn't make it. And I, I understand it. You only get a certain amount of time with the lead on the show. And when a whole date is canceled, regardless of he's sick or not, that sucks. Especially if you're somebody that doesn't feel like you've had a lot of time with him. And a lot of the women didn't. And my thinking was, I bet you, I and now I was thinking about it more, I even texted this to Kristen Baldwin during the show i said i bet you i know why they kept the whole episode in london because when london decides to allow the bachelor into their city for an episode they're basically signing a contract that hey we're going to get two hours of coverage on american television so while they only got one date that was shown it made sense now to me i bet you it had something to do with we still have to show london we can't just leave them in a hotel for the last two episodes because we're not fulfilling our obligations with the city of London who bought time on American television for this episode. So that was my guess why they actually showed these women going out on a group date without Zach and going around London and seeing things that you can do in London. I get it. They didn't do it with charity. She kind of was outside and then found out that he was still sick on her date. She comes inside and they get told he has COVID. Now we're looking at Zoom <laughs> dates, which was, I'm sorry. This was one of my favorite episodes in the history of the franchise. I want Zoom slash virtual slash FaceTime rose ceremonies from here until the end of time. Only because the very first one to come up and get a rose was Katie when he offered in rose to Katie. And she's looking at a screen of Zach's face and she's got a table of roses in front of her. She doesn't know what to do. Do I pick it up? Do I say thank you? What, what do I do here? And she's laughing. They're giving virtual hugs. Like it was so awkward, uncomfortable yet. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I hope we could get virtual rose ceremonies. We won't. We're going back once Zach comes back on the show to a normal show. However, anytime anyone gets sick on the show, can we please immediately just go to virtual rose ceremonies? Because that was hilarious, especially the cocktail party where he asked to speak to them one by one and he's on a little iPad in another room and they all walk in. And the first two women that walk in, I believe it was cat and I believe it was charity or then charity, then cat, both of them first thing out of their mouth was, "Wait, I can't see myself. How do I look? And they're just worried so much about how they look, but they can't see themselves. Zach can only see them. And it was just hilarious. I loved this episode. I want every rose ceremony to be on Zoom now. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen unless someone gets COVID in a future season. So let's keep that in mind, please, because I'm sorry, that was just too funny. Now, one thing I will point out, and this stuck out to me like a sore thumb. Yes, the spoiler that I have is that Zach is engaged to Katie, but I don't judge it by anything the edit brings across on the TV because it has nothing to do with that because you can make a case for Gabby after watching last night's episode that, Oh, he's totally with Gabby. That's just an opinion. That means absolutely nothing what the edit shows. And I know some people dissect what's going on and social media and all that stuff. Again, I'm just looking at to see if I can find out what happened in Thailand, which I did from my source. They told me Zach is engaged to Katie. So when I watch the show, I obviously have that in the back of my mind And last night was something that I thought really stuck out. The fact that Zach has COVID, all the women are pissed off. They don't get to spend time with him. Yet one woman gets to bring him a care package and have a five minute conversation with him outside of his door that we get to watch the whole conversation of. And it's Katie. Don't you think that the other women would have liked to do that? And shit, maybe they did. Maybe everyone got to speak for them for five minutes on the other side of the door. But the only one they showed us was Katie. And I think there's a reason for that. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. It rang so similar to me to when Susie on Clayton season got to send him a letter that said, meet me up at the bell tower and got private time with him just to tell him she was falling in love with him. And she was, I, mean, I can't remember what her exact wording was, if it was falling in love or I am in love with you, but... She got to do that, and I said that at the time. I'm like, wow, that is none of the other women have said that, and she got to do that. If the producers are allowing you to put together a gift basket and then go talk to him when he's got COVID outside the door and they're going to show it to the audience, there's a reason for that. Because I'm guessing every single other woman would have wanted to do that. Why didn't we get to see them do it if they even did? They probably didn't. But if they did, we weren't shown it, and we weren't shown it for a reason. It's the same reason I said, why did he get to ask Katie to sleep on an overnight date when any of his other one-on-one dates he's never asked any of the women to spend the night with him? Why didn't Allie get to spend the night with him after the winery date? Why didn't Christina get to spend the night with him? Why didn't Greer? I mean, why didn't uh, Gabby get to spend the night with him after their Royals date? See what I mean? Why didn't Brooklyn last week? But in cat after the boat date, only one woman got to be asked, hey, do you want to spend the night with me on the second one-on-one of the season? That was Katie, the same woman that got to hand deliver him a care package. I mean, come on. Let's open up our eyes, people. Anyways, a lot more where that came from. That'll be on my recap today on realitysteve.com, which will be up in a couple hours. All right, want to end with a couple things here. American Idol debuted this past weekend, and boy, this is a great show. I've always watched Idol. I've watched every season of Idol, and you just look at it now compared to what it was. I mean, this is obviously times have changed, and bullying obviously has gotten bigger over the years because, let's face it, when Simon, Paula, and Randy were on the show and it was audition season, the only, I would say it was 75% of the auditions were shitty ones where Simon would literally insult and or make fun of the contestant. And once we got to an era of where bullying became a thing in the last probably six to eight years, that went away. And all you have to do is watch American Idol to prove that. We don't even see any bad auditions anymore. And if we do, the judges aren't insulting them and laughing at them to their face. It's just more along the lines of, you know, you need more work. And that's it. But now Idol has gone the complete opposite way and everybody that gets on this show has got some tear jerking story that's just like, man, they tug at your heartstrings hard on this show. The one girl and this one wasn't one that was a a tear jerker, but one of the girls that sang on Sunday and auditioned was from Hawaii and her dad was Glenn Medeiros and Glenn Medeiros had that song. I'm forgetting it off the top of my head. But how I remember Glenn Medeiros (laughs) was, and nobody else remembers this unless you are a deep, deep Karate Kid nerd. In Karate Kid 3, when Daniel got set up by Terry Silver and going to the club and Terry Silver paid a guy to hit on Daniel's girlfriend, Jessica, so Daniel would turn around and punch this guy right in the nose and break his nose, Glenn Medeiros was performing his song, don't leave me standing here on the high wire, on the high wire. High Wire was the name of the song. I'd never heard the song on the radio before that movie or even after the movie. I think it was just recorded for that movie, but that was Glenn Medeiros. So when she's saying, oh, my dad, Glenn Medeiros, he had that one popular song in the 80s. You know, nothing's going to change my love for you. That one, the one that Ryan Seacrest was singing with her. That was his popular song in the 80s. However, for them to just gloss over the fact that he was singing High Wire in the nightclub where Daniel was set up by Terry Silver and punched the guy in the face because he was hitting on Jessica. Oh, High Wire. Go look it up. I even just tried to look it up on my phone and Apple Music. It's not even anywhere on Apple Music. I looked under Karate Kid 3 soundtrack. Nowhere. Oh, here it is. Wait. Yes. Oh, you can play it. Let me see if I can get it in the background. Hold on. Found it. Yes, here it is. So here's just the chorus that I guarantee 99.999% of you have never even heard of this song. But it was in Karate Kid 3 and one of the best scenes in the movie. So here we go. Glenn Medeiros, Highwire. On the high, wire, high wire, Okay, that's it. That's all you <laughs> But when I saw Glenn Medeiros' daughter on American Idol, that's the first thing that popped to my head. Not, nothing's going to change my love for you. Come on now. Get out of here with that, Glenn. We all know you're here for High Wire. Love that song. Well, I can't say I love that song. <laughs> I love it in the movie because it's so cheesy. Not to mention. When we first see Daniel in the club with Jessica, he's trying to dance to high wire. And it is the most awful white boy dancing you could possibly imagine in a movie like Ralph Macchio, no rhythm whatsoever, but that's what personified movies in the eighties, 1989 Ralph Macchio dancing to high wire in a club where he's being set up by his karate coach who wants to teach him. How to literally almost kill a man? God, what a what a great franchise that is! And I want to just wrap up with this. I saw this on the news yesterday. I couldn't believe it. Man, they are ending the judges' shows. Judge Mathis and People's Court are delivering their final verdicts, meaning they are going off the, off the air. Judge Mathis has been on the air for twenty-four years. People's Court has been on the air for 26. It took three years off after, three or four years off after Judge Wapner either retired and then died. I think he retired and then died later. But it was off the air from like 93 to 97. But it has been on the air for 26 seasons since then. But they are both going off the air. Man, I can't tell you when I was a kid in the 80s how much I loved watching People's Court. And this wasn't a Rain Man thing with like 10 Minutes to Wapner, 10 Minutes to Wapner. It wasn't anything like that. I thoroughly enjoyed the show. I didn't know nothing about the legal system when I was eight years old watching the show. But boy, did I enjoy it. Some of the characters they put on that show, somebody suing somebody for 14 cents in a civil suit. Like, I remember all that stuff. And I was like, huh? 14 cents? 14 cents? I remember there, there was one case where somebody sued for under a dollar and it was more about the principle of whatever it was. But I used to watch judge Wapner in the people's court all the time. Doug Llewellyn at the end of the case, when they'd walk out the team that lost, whether it was the plaintiff or defendant, literally wanted to punch Doug Llewellyn in the face every time. I'm surprised that that guy didn't get cold cocked 50 times on that show. But he always had to get a word in with the plaintiff or the defendant. And the person that lost was always never, never agreed shocker with the judge. And, you know, Doug Llewellyn signed off with, don't take matters into your own hands. You take them to court. (laughs) Awesome tagline for people's court. Anyway, people's court and Judge Mathis are gone off the air after 24 and 26 years, respectively. That sucks. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. My column recapping the show will be up in two hours from now, so go check that out. Any reader emails you want to get to me to be in tomorrow's column, email me at steve at realitysteve.com. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!